What's going on, everybody? Ears up in depth. We are back talking about Disney news, Disneyland news, maybe Disney World news. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention when we were talking before the show. With me, as always, is Jeremy from the lovely radio station SpectroRadio.us. Jeremy, how how you doing, man? We're closing in on 2022, and uh, I'm excited. We've got, what, 26 hours left? Well, 26 hours here. It oh, geez. Like. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, I love I, that I for know. us. I love when Christmas is over. There's like, I love getting ready for Christmas. And as soon as it's over, I love saying goodbye to Christmas. Like, it's just enough. Really? You're done yes. with this. You, I, wear, you wear Christmas out. I'm on the 26th. I'm ready for it to just be gone. But I'm never yeah. ready for the new year to pass. I'm not okay. ready. I hate the new, like, it's too much. It is. Okay. It's too, it's, yeah. I think All it's right. like, I'm, I'm a January birthday too. So it's like Christmas is over now and you're older. It just comes right, right away. Like rapid fire. I don't oh, like wow. That. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm November, wow. man. So I got Halloween. Oh, see, that's my great. birthday. Uh, Thanksgiving and then Christmas. Yeah. You're Pretty too good. distracted by everything that you don't even have to think about it. Yeah, that last quarter just slides right on through, man. But it's weird right because like, because I don't really care about New Year's. So like after Christmas, it sort of just grinds to a halt. Might as well just be the, you know, the next year again. <laughs> Nothing for me. I don't care. A lot of people make a big deal about New Year's. You know, they go, it's my New Year's resolution. Yeah, and they're, they, yeah they're never going to stick with it. And it's like one of the more destructive things you can do to yourself and like to your ego, <laughs> your self-esteem is to set resolutions. You're never going to meet them. Just make the change. Think about it in a different way. Think about it not for the new year. I'm going to be, it's a new me. Just make a small change. Like make, take steps. It, it's, it's much more healthy for you to do it that way than just say, I'm going to set a new year's resolution because nobody sticks with them. I think ever. it kind of, I think it depends on what you're doing. If it's something like quit smoking, you know, drink less, exercise more. I do think those are things like you should just be doing them. Yeah. I hear people say like, well, I have a goal to read 10 books this year. Last year I read nine. Like I have the, like, there's things like that, that I think setting measurable goals like that. Yes. I think actually make a ton of sense. Goals are fine. But I think yes. once you start calling them resolutions and it's a new year's resolution, I feel like there's, there's much more pressure. You know what I mean? To sort of make these goals because everyone else is making resolutions. So you have to set one. What's your, you have to have something to say. When someone goes, what's your resolution? What's your New Year's resolution? You have to have something to say because you want to make, you want to go off the perception that you're improving yourself. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not doing anything. How about that? (laughs) I'm resolved to just be the same person I was last year. Let's go. Anyway, speaking of cool things, Jeremy, you did like a drinking thing at Epcot for on Christmas, right? How was that? Christmas was a 48-hour blur of booze <laughs> for me. I don't... <laughs> What'd you do, um, man? I'm interested to, well, to hear about it. So I did a couple things on Christmas Eve, actually. I met up with Brad, friend of the show. Oh, of, yeah. Of uh, Nick and Brad. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, Nick's been on the show a few times. So I met up with him at Epcot. He was with uh, he was with his family, his girlfriend. So we had a few drinks, and I think I showed him all the like he he didn't know about all this stuff, but I showed him all the boring stuff. Like what about Epcot? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like about us and about our show. I'm like, what are you talking about? Nothing's boring here. <laughs> it's like let me tell you about all the boring things Jason does. <laughs> yeah, let me, it's a thrill a minute over here, pal. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> no, like I was taking him around and I, yeah. I said, oh, well, have you ever watched the movie in Canada? <laughs> the movie <laughs> about Canada. Like, can you imagine him more? And he's like, I didn't know there's a movie back there. I said, well, let's go do it. So we we're in there watching this movie. Then I was like, have you been on Living with the Land? And he's like, I don't know. I think maybe t- like when I was 12 or something, I was like, we're going on it again. And like, yeah. we're going through looking at the plants. I, I went you know, on like he's got to be like, this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've all been through living with the land, Jeremy, when we were in the shopping cart at three years old with our parents getting pushed (laughs) through the produce aisle. That's living with the land, essentially. I love it. And he was raging about the Guardians coaster because it's crazy. He's like, it's the best coaster I've ever been on in my entire life. Really? Have you been on? I was like, no, I just come here and go on living with the land. (laughs) I just talked to my plants. Yeah. What are you talking about? Guardians of the Galaxy. We have. We have corn growing. <laughs> yeah, we have square melons, let's, dog. What's going let's on? Go. Here? Come on. Yeah. So we did Sorry, that. I live we in had... reality. But I also showed him some of the like off the beat because it's crowded, you know, between Christmas and New Year. Epcot's Is it really? really crowded. Yeah. So I showed him the off the beaten path places to get a drink without waiting. Oh, like what? What's your top tip? Speaking of Canada, when you go, there is no bar in Canada that, you know, like there's the Rose and Crown in, in the UK, but in Canada, in the gift shop in the back, they set up this little stand and they sell like three or four different kinds of beers and like an ice wine. Really? And nobody knows about it. It's well, I mean, people know about it, obviously, but sure, yeah. it's just very off the beaten path. You get a Molson and you call it a day and it's okay. great. And a then Molson of all things. Okay. Well, Molson Canadian, and then you sure. take it. They let you drink it in the Canada movie. So we picked up a couple of Molsons. We popped down the stairs. And we're in I didn't the Canada know movie this. Drinking. How how great. long ago? Did, how how long has this been a thing? You know, I'm not sure. At least I would say at least three years, maybe forever. Okay. <laughs> Either forever or three years. It's one of the other. I it's, it can't else. be. There's nothing in between. Yeah. Right. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. Man. I did not. Had no idea. So then we went over to the Abracadabra because I was having dinner over in the boardwalk area. Um, so I just sort of like let him go there. But I was like, you've got to come to the Abracadabra. He goes, I've heard you mention this on the show. So, yes, I would like to go there. So we went there, pulled up, sat right at the bar, had a couple of Manhattans and loved life. Nice. You know, we were talking about the Abracadabra uh, last night. We had another Discord happy hour. And our, yes. friend, our friend Aaron uh, went to he did the diving, the dive quest or whatever. At Epcot, oh, he did at that Epcot, That's back. Okay. Yeah. So he was telling us about that, and we were just t- you know chatting about things to do in Epcot. And he's like, "I love Abracadabra. It's the best. It is the best. It's the best." Yeah. So that was that. The next day, we did a monorail bar crawl where we started at. This is Christmas Day. Started at um, the Tambu Lounge at Polynesian because Trader Sam's had a three-hour wait, and they actually at that point had closed the list. Because they were like, this is going to take us till closing. Three hours. Yeah, three hours. Wow. It's rough. I mean, I guess that's fine if you're staying there. Then you just pop upstairs, (laughs) do a quick change, maybe take a shower. Right. Yeah, because they will text you. That's nice. Um, So we did that. Had some drinks, had some Lapu Lapus, the the pineapple rum drink, or the rum drink Mm -hmm. that comes in the pineapple, which is always fantastic. I had those with, when we went, I was with Aaron. Aaron took us to uh, Trader Sam's and had a a Lapu Lapu. Oh, amazing. Nice, yeah. That was Um, the time when we butted in and we didn't know there was a line or we didn't know you had to put your name on a list. Right. So you just walked in and sat down. You just walked in. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell the cast members like... I know no one sat you because I'm seating people, but it's fine because there's an empty spot anyway. But also, 
I'm not going to tell you anything. So it was nice, but yeah. Anyway, a monorail nice. ball crawl. Okay. Yeah. Where so then you, you hop on the monorail, you go yeah, to yeah. the next stop, Grand Floridian. Grand Floridian. Okay. You know, took, Grand Floridian at Christmas looks amazing. The tree is huge. You know, it just smells like gingerbread in there. They've got that big life-size gingerbread house, which is just, it's just, we stood and stared at that Christmas tree. We stood and stared at it from the ground level. Then we went up to the top level. Then we're on the <laughs> middle level. Like, let's get every angle we can of this thing. Right. And then we went to, a, there's a restaurant in there called Citrico's, which is, I think, Florida food with a mid, uh, with a, a, what do you call it? Um, Mediterranean flair. I think that's their game. But we just okay. sat, there's like a little loungy part in the front where you can have drinks and maybe some nibbles. So we kind of sat there, had some drinks. We ended up at the Wilderness Lodge having drinks over there. And then we ended up back at the boardwalk and in, in the Atlantic Dance Hall dancing until 1 a.m. And Wow. Sounds cool. Such, that's how all my nights seem to end over there. But that's a Christmas monorail bar crawl. It was a lot of fun. It sounds great. Yeah. You know? it sounds like a blast, man. How, what better way to spend Christmas than flying around on that monorail? <laughs> I can think of none. <laughs> right. I can think of none better ways. Yeah. Uh, Jared, why don't you go ahead and, and lead us off here with the, um, with the stories for today? Their hotels are in the middle of a re-theme, and the results are making me want to scream. <laughs> All right, let's get after it. I'm not sure if you know, but several of the Walt Disney World Resort hotels have undergone or are in the process of undergoing updates to refresh their rooms and common areas, et cetera, their lobbies, things like that. So far, we've seen refurbs take place at the Yacht and Beach Club Resorts, Disney's Old Key West, Disney's Contemporary Resort, and currently Disney's Boardwalk is in the midst of a refresh with the flagship Disney Resort, Disney's Grand Floridian, slated to see rooms in its lobby get refreshed this coming year. So past, present, and future. Well, over at Disney's Boardwalk, we've seen recent changes and the results have been, shall we say, lackluster at best. <laughs> and it's causing quite a stir in the Disney online fan community. And the blowback, I think I can safely say, is pretty much all my fault. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Good job, not, Jeremy. Not what really. What did you do this time, pal? Well, as I was just telling you, I was at Disney's Boardwalk Hotel on Christmas. We went up to one of my favorite spots on property besides the Abracadabar, but this is above the Abracadabar. It's called the Bellevue Lounge. Okay. And it's this cozy little lounge that a lot of people don't know about it's off the lobby. So like you go, you're in the lobby and then you kind of like go down a little bridge and then there's, you're in this, it, it just opens up right there. It's got comfortable seating, a little bar, great drinks. They make a fantastic Manhattan. They make a great old fashioned. We actually call it the radio room, um, which is a coin my friend termed because there's a few vintage old radios scattered about on several of the shelves. Yeah. So we never knew it. it was called the Bellevue Lunch. We was like, we going to that radio room again? Yeah, let's go. Now, for those who don't know, the Boardwalk is a turn-of-the-century-themed New Jersey Atlantic City Boardwalk-inspired hotel. Okay. So all – and there's so much story to this hotel. I actually have been reading this book on the history of the Disney World resorts, and this – when you walk through there, you know, you see the carousel, you see the horses, you see certain chairs, and you're like, whatever, that looks nice. Everything in there is deliberately curated by the Imagineers when they designed this hotel. It all has a story. It all has a connection to Atlantic City. Very authentic. So 
And actually on the outside of the hotel, if you're looking at it, it actually looks like several different hotels clustered together. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Main Street USA is really one building with a bunch of facades that all yeah. look like different buildings. It's yeah. sort of that technique along the boardwalk, okay. but it's actually really just all one hotel. And the boardwalk borders Disney's man-made Crescent Lake. Guests can find a bakery, an ice cream parlor, the Abracadabra, carnival games, live performers, magicians, and a brewery and other fun things, all themed to this turn-of-the-century Atlantic City boardwalk. Well, upon entering the newly refreshed Bellevue Lounge on Christmas, I was a little let down. Uh Uh-oh. What happened? all the quaint Victorian style furniture with its floral patterns, the steamer trunk. They used the coffee tables were these big old steamer trunks. Like it just so cool. Rattan furniture. It all evoked a turn of the century seaside luxury hotel. And all of that had been replaced with basically, it looks like West Elm's end of season sale. Really? Plain, modern velvet, jewel-toned, solid furniture, Art Deco-style coffee tables. It it looks like any hotel in the world. It's at best forgettable. Wow. But like... You you sent a picture. You want to throw that up there? So hold on. I'm going to have you do that in a minute. So naturally, I was annoyed, and I took to social media. Okay. And that's when it all started. (laughs) It took a few days... But yesterday, I returned home from spin class to a plethora of texts. <laughs> my, oh, phone sure. was, my phone was positively blowing up, alerting me to the fact that my tweet had been picked up by one of the most, if not the most, influential Disney vloggers out there. And that is Braden from the account Mickey Views. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take a listen to what he said in his video, number one. In more pressing news, last night I check in to see what people are talking about in the Disney community on Twitter, and I see something. It's a post from Spectro Radio, who posts this photo and captions it, Dear Disney, way to turn a great-themed bar into a West Elm. The kind of thing that I've been criticizing Disney for lately, where it seems they're taking their very diverse portfolio of highly-themed, highly-priced resort hotels and turning them all into a West Elm type of look, a very sparse, very modern sort of look, almost indistinguishable from what you see anywhere outside of Disney, which raises the question, why pay $900 for a room at a Disney resort hotel when you can pay literally $200 for about the same thing, if not nicer, just a few minutes further away? Good point. Excellent point. In fact, that video Braden makes, it's a, about a 15 minute long video. He makes several very cogent arguments about this. So that's from his latest video release. If you do want to throw up that uh, side by side, There's a before and after photo that he actually put together. He took my picture, which is the new one, and an original picture. So if you're there, it is. If for those of you who are listening, Jason, describe what you're seeing. The old (laughs) is on the left, in case you couldn't tell. Well, okay, yes, right. The old on the left, it it is like you said, it's a rattan, you know, sort of uh, three seater couch. It's plaid, so it's something from very 80s to me. The whole thing seems very 80s. There's a lot of plants around. There's a nice flower arrangement behind the couch. I don't know if it's real or not. 
There's a steamer trunk that looks like there's an armchair next to it with a very old looking sort of embroidered pattern on it. The lamps are all sort of, they fit in. It's darkly lit, a lot of dark wood tones, and then, you know, maybe like a, a cream or like a bone white for the walls. It does look very chill. It looks very, you know, sort of Midwest mansion family room in the late 80s, early 90s. It does look dated, but it looks comfy as heck, man. Those That couch looks awesome, and I want to sit on it, no matter how filthy it probably actually is. <laughs> Well, I have to, so I have a side story about that furniture and where it ended up. Oh, okay. But the thing is, it is meant to reflect old money. This is a turn of the century luxury seaside resort. This is what you would have found. This is all very deliberate. It looks like it. I mean, it it definitely looks well kept. It's not just as casual as someone's living room, sort of being a little flippant about it, but it very is very much upkept. Uh, the flowers are a nice touch. The potted plants are a nice touch. It looks nice. I mean, if I'm honest, right. the, the plaid pattern is a little out there, but it's all very cool. And I would love to hang out here. Can you imagine pulling up in there, having a nice whiskey and yes. loving light with all the old radios? around? I mean, that's where you want to be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Then- it looks comfortable. It looks lived in and it looks it doesn't look purposeful. It very much looks accidental. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's sort of what lends to its comfortability. Yeah. You know, it's, it's casual. It's very um, cozy. Yeah. What do you think about the picture on the right? The one I took and tweeted out. The picture on the right could literally be the lobby of any three-star <laughs> hotel. I mean, this is something you, you get. Actually, you know what this looks like? It looks a lot like some of the, um, you know, when Taryn and I, you know, pre-pandemic were sort of bouncing around hotels and you're traveling around a little bit. We would we would have to get suites for uh, because Alice, right? So we you know we shove her in another room or at least a, at least a uh, a hotel room that sort of had a hallway you could turn the corner so we could put her crib there and whatever, right? This is what a lot of the rooms look like. This where it's that weird velvet couch and so it's a U shaped couch. You couldn't fit three people on here comfortably. There's no way. Right? Maybe two people. So it's more like a love seat, but it's that sort of bend in the arms, sort of bend in. The coffee table looks like a giant pill. It's pill shaped. Yeah. Um, the, you know, and it's like uh, the couch is sort of a, I don't know, dark teal or whatever, maybe like a sea green. I don't know what it is. The armchair looks like Naga hide. It looks like cheap leather, but it's probably not. It's probably fine, but it's like a light tan. It's just the, the colors don't really work well. There's a carpet with like busy designs on it. It's bright. And I don't know. You know, uh, depends on on the lighting and, and, you know, what setting the cameras were on and all that kind of stuff. But it looks bright in there and it does not look welcoming. It looks like a place for you to wait to go do something else. Yeah, it doesn't it's cold. look like a destination. Yeah, it looks like maybe a new air, a renovated airline lounge. You know, sure. Delta redoes their lounges. American. This is kind of know, what you'd expect to see. Yeah, looks it's like a home to suites by Hilton. Yes. If I, if it, this is exactly what I would go, you know what? I'm going to take Alice. We're going to sit down here while you finish checking us in. That's exactly what this looks like. This looks nothing like a place where I would want to go to spend time relaxing. It's not a relaxing place. Most importantly, does this look like turn of the century Victorian luxury seaside resort? <laughs> no, this is definitely stuff you can find on Wayfair.com. That's oh, yes. exactly where you would get it as Wayfair. It's yeah. off theme. And that's it is the off thing. Theme. It's like you're breaking the code. Okay, like those things are perfectly nice. They're perfectly fine, but they're wrong. They're in the wrong place. Correct. Yes, I agree. 
I and I don't that. go here for that. I can go to a JW Marriott if I want to. I'm not. I'm here. Right. So these are some of the points that Brayden goes on to make. People are saying, oh, you know, go. It's just a hotel. But if it is just a hotel, charge for just a hotel because that style room is way cheaper, not that far. And I've said this, Disney's most premium resorts that go for six to eight to 900 a night, they're technically, from a service standpoint, from a quality of the room, they are equal to a Westin or a JW Marriott for yes. a third of the price. But what they had was not only proximity, they had incredible theming, no Sheridan or W offers the theming or ability to transport you like the Grand Floridian or the Saratoga Springs hotels or that room in the boardwalk. You are in a different time. You're in a different era. They have custom furniture, vintage artifacts that tell stories, even unique scents. Disney is actively and deliberately stripping all of that away. Every hotel at Disney World had its own custom smell when you walked in. Now weird. But the Polynesian cool. had a cool sort of pineapple smell. Grand okay. Floridian has its thing. They all, all right. had this unique smell. Now they're all the same. You walk into Saratoga Springs, smells like Caribbean Beach, smells like they all have this one Disney hotel scent that's just generic. So mm. it's like, okay, well, it just smells like a nice hotel. It's not, that's not that, mm, I'm in the poly. So they switched that up. The custom furniture is gone. And they're bringing in furniture that could be sold in a Z gallery. It probably was. <laughs> and they've gone from creating places as themes to, as Braden describes this, just apply stickers and wall decals and call, wall decals and calling that theming. I refer, of course, to the incredible themed rooms at the updated contemporary, res contemporary resort. The rooms are an approach at mid-century modern, though the execution is cheap and laughable and theming of the rooms is incredible with wall decals over at the Polynesian. The rooms just have wallpaper with Moana characters, furniture similar to like what you just saw in that photograph in a Polynesian room. Gone are the woven lampshades and faux rattan dark furniture, and they've been replaced literally with wall decals and modern clean line furniture with zero character. So the question is, apart from the location of the, on the monorail, why would anyone pay so much to stay here? Other nearby off-property hotels offer better accommodations at a fraction of the price, and you could use that significant savings to take Ubers to the parks, not have to wait for Disney's crowded, crumbling monorails and ferries. They take you there. They take you home. They'll stop at Taco Bell. And they'll do whatever you want, and you'll save. You'll end up save money, have better accommodations, private transportation, and still make out better than if you stay at these. The playing field is leveled even further when you consider that staying on Disney World property used to include free Magical Express transportation to and from Orlando International Airport. You could easily factor in the cost of transportation and add that in and say, you know what, I'm paying a little bit more here, but I'm saving on to and from the airport. Now, not anymore. So now you've got drab hotels, no free transportation, and rooms that cost six to $900 a night. This could spell trouble for Disney. It wow. should spell trouble for Disney, but it doesn't end there. This week, Disney reopened the Carousel Coffee Shop at the Boardwalk. And Diz Twitter, without my impetus, went into <laughs> meltdown. So you've got this extremely modern, clean-looking coffee shop called The Carousel that has one framed picture of a carousel on the wall adjacent to a grim seating area with nothing on the walls, just a few tables. It looks like the Continental Breakfast seating area at a Hilton Garden Inn in Piscataway, New Jersey. Like, you can <laughs> see the muffins wrapped in cling film. 
It's embarrassing. This hotel is charging over $600 a night to stay there and boasting on its website, turn of the century theming. Here's more from our friend Braden, number two. They are untheming the boardwalk as we speak, and someone's got to say something, man. I'm sorry to be negative, but this is the truth. It is not subjective. People keep saying, oh, Braden, it's design. It's all subjective. I'm not criticizing modern design in general here. I'm saying it is objectively the case that this 2020 year-end clearance sale furniture has no place in a turn-of-the-century Atlantic City themed resort. That is the objective reality. That is the truth. It is directly against the stated theme of the hotel. Disney's own stated theme, which was created by a class of Imagineers, the executives at Disney use the events of the last few years to boot from the company. Yeah, I mean, absolutely correct. You, you, If you're charging the, the premium price, you have to be delivering the premium experience. And, and theming is the experience in the hotel room we've always talked about the quality of the stay isn't that great when you get into the rooms at like the california grand or whatever grand california it's it's a friggin bed the beds are i guess nice i mean everything's okay it's not worth 700 dollars, but the theming there is is nice if the theming goes away and then then you also have the sort of average hotel quality to your room they are just ripping you off they're just ripping you off and that's sort right. of what Disney has been doing also. They're lowering the bar for service. They're lowering the expectations of what you experience at the parks and hoping people are going to let them get away with it. So the more people just go, oh, it's fine, whatever, I'll still stay here. There's, you're going to still pay $800 for this room to be here to experience the whole thing, and you're not going to like it as much. You're probably not even going to go here anymore. So this place will probably be empty in six months, and they can do whatever they want with it. I don't know. Seems weird. Yeah, I do think that when you're paying that much, you can say, I never feel so immersed. I don't ever feel like I'm leaving Disney. But now I feel like I am going to a Marriott at the end of the day. I'm not going to yeah. spend that money. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Budgets are tightening. I don't blame for both. You. you know, budgets are tightening for everyone. So if you're counting dollars and you're thinking, well, yeah. this is this is otherwise the same. Before it was different. It was unique. They had a whole they had a monopoly on it. So now the big panic is setting in because Disney announced Grand Floridian, Floridian, which is a beloved. I mean, this is the crown jewel of the Disney hotel properties, the Grand Floridian. This is the one, right? This is the most expensive one. It's the most beautiful. The theming is ridiculous. This is gearing up for its changes in spring and people are in panic mode. People who never even stay there, but we just love it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't afford to go see the Mona Lisa every week, but I would like to know that it's doing fine, you know? Yeah. Can I you can't say the Grand Floridian, but put I don't want it. it's gone. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So that's the thing. The lobby is a work of art. It is so stunning. And I'm sure more blue couches are en route. You know, it's funny. That's so my I, story. I pulled up your tweet. Have you looked at the numbers that that thing has done? Because you know uh, now there's gone. view counts on the thing. Yes, yes. Twenty five and a half thousand views. Well, you know, I'm, I, uh, I'm an influencer. <laughs> no, Did it's you... because this this Braden guy has quite a following, and when he yeah. likes or comments on your tweet, it like blows up. And then when oh, he man. mentions it in his video, oh well, you know. So, oh, I, hey, Braden, throw that juice my way. Yeah, <laughs> you um, throw some juice. You retweeted the other uh, another one about the cafeteria. Is that what you were just talking about? Because I'll put that picture up too. I'm on your Bro, feed. Yeah, show that picture of the the seating area by this carousel coffee. It's embarrassing. This is laughable. 
It is laughable that a $650 hotel is trying to... That's the Piscataway continental breakfast area that I'm describing. This is... So, folks, it looks like a hospital room. Like, if you watch a movie uh, where there's... If anyone's in, like, a mental ward, that's what this sort of looks like. The walls are just two-tone color white, and that's it. And it looks like they just have... There's a fire sale. They just deleted all the artwork. There's not even, from what I can tell, I mean, the photo's a little blown out, but the, it doesn't even look like there's light fixtures. It just looks like bare bulbs, although I'm sure it's not. And these chairs are like, yeah, maybe like a 50s sort of mid-mod thing, but they look uncomfortable. They look inflated, and the, the tabletops are just little cocktail tables, but they look plastic. They're stark white. They're probably brighter white than the wall color. And the chairs are like this teal blue light kind of thing. And then the backs of the chairs look tan or what it looks terrible and not at all inviting. It is very sterile environment. I would not want to sit there. There's nothing to look at. Imagine if you're the only one in this room, you just go, oh, let's just grab a coffee or whatever. Let's hang out. Let's wait. Let's take a break. There's nothing to look at in this room. It is pure garbage. It is a, a place to invite you to go back into your own mind and just waste time thinking about your thoughts. This is what Disney is daring to charge over $650 a night. How dare they shove really? that down our throat? That is a Ramada. God. I've seen better at a Sheridan. That's the thing is like you say, oh, it looks like a Sheridan. That's giving bad name to Sheridan because this <laughs> actually looks like crap. And they have, it, they actually, how dare they even try that? You can't even... They didn't even put anything on the wall. There isn't a, they could have put a picture, black and white photos of, of old time boardwalk scenes, anything. They could have done anything. They anything. opted to do zero, literally zero. <laughs> Here's the, and this is the thing about all of this. All they had to do was nothing. It right. was all fine. It was fine. The Bellevue Lounge was great. We loved it. Oh, speaking of which, follow up on Bellevue Lounge. There's a place here called Cast Connection. Okay. which is where they sell all this stuff. When they renovate a room, it all goes, it's cast members only. And I think you, they can bring like one friend or something. Oh, and man, they sell this stuff for that. dirt cheap. Nice. One of those bone colored pattern chairs yeah. is now sitting in my dear friend's living room. Really? And she got it for the price of $5. What? Five bucks. Baby. Wow. That's cool. What about that couch? Buy that couch for me and um, friggin' ship it out. The couch was there. When she bought the chair, which is mm -hmm. like, I don't have a pickup truck. Like she's like, and we, she's like, we have a couch. Like I, I don't need it. But the, and then while they were carrying their chair out, someone came in and hauled the couch out. Wow! So it's just so, sitting in some schlub's house now. No, it's my friend. It's not a schlub. Well, no, the couch. Oh, the couch. Yeah, that's yeah. in a schlub's house. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, you're friends with quite a lot of schlubs. I just want to, you know, point that out. My friends are a delight. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. I think some of this ends up getting bought and then sold because this now sure. we're going off on a tangent, but I'm going to yeah. tell you something. Yeah. And I, I debated whether or not I should even bring this up on the air because I don't want to spoil it. Okay. About 25 minute drive from here is this place. It's an antique mall. And oh no, they sell the stuff. No. From, so I went there two days ago and I walked out with my arms full because they're in the process of renovating the Grand Floridian rooms. Uh huh. I have Grand Floridian soap dishes, trinket trays, all from the Grand Floridian bathrooms. And wow. The, and I got this big 
birdcage that they use. They The tree there is so big that the Christmas, because it's like a five-story tree, the Christmas ornaments that are on the tree have to be oversized so that they look with scale Regular. right yeah sure yeah so what can i go what is this big white bird cage and it says grand flirting christmas tree and i was like that's coming home right now wow. so it's just a bird cage. that's so cool man good job and so good i think fun. i gotta go back there but there's yeah. furniture from old key west that because they've just redid that there's coffee tables all sorts of stuff is in there all the <laughs> christmas decorations from epcot they're like this was in epcot germany it's like so a wreath does the park Give it? Do, do they do they sell it to the place, or are cast members going and buying it and then selling it to this antique shop? This is what I don't know, or I don't know if maybe once stuff doesn't, you know, maybe once it it can't get sold at Cast Connection, then eventually they sell it out to these people. Maybe mm-hmm. these people have some connection with a cast member who goes and gets connection stuff, of their own cast yeah. connection. So I don't know, but it's it pops wow. up in these places. I was in heaven. I was in there for three hours. You have to bring a uh, you have to bring like a uh, like a dolly because oh, there's sure. just so much great stuff. Yeah, that's cool, Anyhow, man. Yeah, sorry, I'm off on a tangent, no, but that's what right. happened to. Th- and it makes me it does make me happy that I can still see that couch when I go over to my friend's house, and it makes <laughs> yeah. me happy that um, cast members and this kind of people who value that can yeah. still take it and care for it, and you know, because like my friends, they steamed the whole thing and cleaned it all up and everything, so that's great. It it is interesting that the the people who sort of get get thumb get noses thumbed at cast members are sort of the ones that are protecting the legacy of the parks in in this way. Right. You know, they care enough about this furniture, they care enough about these little trinkets and doodads to buy them with their own money to bring home because they have a connection with them. It, it's a right. part of the history, whether or not it, it's a cool part or whatever. Just a chair, a yeah. sign, cigarette dish, or whatever. But yeah. it still it means something because it's a, con- a connection to a time that does no longer exists in the parks. And yeah. you would think Disney would care a little bit more about that, but they don't. And I think over time they sort of realize maybe they were a little like oh, I don't know what what are the guests going to think. But p- more and more people keep coming to the parks, and they change stuff. They reduce the cost on things, reduce capacity here, reduce your value there. More and more people come, so it gives them the green light to keep going, do whatever they yeah. want, make it cheaper. To replace this furniture, maybe, or something like that, if it gets damaged or whatever. Right. I mean, I felt like I was preserving a piece of history by taking this Christmas ornament that had sat on that Christmas tree for so many years. Yes, you are Indiana you know? Jeremy. And, now yes. I, I, and I do feel like that. And now it's, it belongs it's a, I, in a I'm museum. Like, yes. Well, I don't know that reference because I've never seen that, but. Oh. <laughs> well, then never mind. But you did great, Jeremy. Let's take a quick break. All right. We're going to come back and then we'll do our, our other stories and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So hang on, everyone. It's Ears Up In-Depth. We'll be right back. Okay. Here we go. In-Depth. Reporting Disney news that's probably not made up. All right. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging on. Before we get to the news, Jeremy, I want to let you know that our friendly friends at the 21st Amendment Brewery welcome the cooler weather with release of two great tasting beers a brand new IPA, and a perennial holiday favorite. Brew Free or Die Cold IPA is a new, fresh style of IPA, showcasing a bright, bold, hop-forward flavor and aroma. They took the aggressive hop notes that you want in a West Coast IPA and wrapped it around an American lager for maximum drinkability. Chinook, Centennial, and Mosaic hops do the heavy lifting, and at 6.5%, it's Sully's new favorite beer, and it should be yours too. It's the holiday season, and their winter spiced ale, Fireside, is back. 
This Ooh. winter warmer has a deep toffee color, sweet candy malt notes with soft spices and a cocoa finish. The 2NA has reimagined the look of their award-winning fireside chat this year, with two reindeer sitting in comfy chairs in front of a roaring fireplace with goblets of fireside chat, while Santa's elves are outside in the snow peering into this quaint holiday setting. And at 7.9%, it will surely make your holiday season a bit more festive and warm. 7.9, sure yeah, that'll festive you up right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great beer, too. Winter warmers are good, and fireside chats are one of the best. Be sure to ask for the 21st Amendment wherever great beer is sold. You can also find locations of their beers at their website at 21st-amendment.com on the Find Some page. Yeah, they have quite a reach. I mean, I was in, we have a couple bars in Jersey City that have 21A. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I had that. What's the watermelon one they had over the summer? I had that. Watermelon wheat. Uh, No, uh, Hell High Watermelon. Hell High Watermelon. I had that in a bar. Uh, Well, I'm looking forward. I hope that both of those beers, because I would like to try them when I show up at the 21st Amendment in San Leandro on Wednesday, February 8th. The cold IPA probably will, but Fireside Chat is a, uh, it's just a, a winter favor, a winter seasonal, so it probably won't be. February 8th is winter. Not in California, honey. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically okay, uh, spring already, you know what I mean? All right, fine. Well, I will yeah. look forward to the, I will, the IPA sounds really good anyway, so. Yeah, cold IPA, it's like this new style that's sort of burgeoning uh, in the craft beer world. And uh, I've, I've not had too many of them, I had one. Couple well, aren't they ago. all cold? It's interesting. You don't drink it warm. Well, but it's it's fermentation. You ferment it at a colder temperature, like a lager temperature. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's a little smoother. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Here's it's sort of a short one. Disneyland and Disney California Adventure are experiencing high wait times for popular rides like Radiator Springs Racers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Space Mountain, and of course Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance during the holiday season. In response, the previously free ride reservation service, Genie Plus, has sold out for two consecutive days at Disneyland. Many park goers are willing to pay extra money to avoid the long holiday lines and avoid waiting, even as ticket costs and the price of Genie Plus continues to rise. However, it seems that the demand for the service has been so high that it has sold out for two consecutive days, of course, as of Wednesday. So Wednesday and Thursday mark the first time that Genie Plus has sold out since its launch around this time last year. What do you we know, think of that? The, the vocal minority of us online and doing these dumb shows, not dumb shows, they're fun, but doing these dumb shows, we are not the voice of the people, most of the people, because if we were, Disney would have changed by now. They would have not be seeing record numbers. They would not be selling out of slots to buy the Genie Plus. People okay, would but- stop buying them. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that means for like the casual Disney fan who just doesn't care and wants to. If, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I but can't wrap my it's head weird around because it. They're showing up and they can't buy it. They're showing up, walking in, and they're being told they can't buy it. We have enough room for you. Yeah, but you have to wait on standby all day. Right. No other option. No. And people and still do it. People still do it. I mean, for, for me, I would have thought that the line in the sand would be the Genie Plus thing. Dude, this was free before. This Lightning Link stuff. I don't want to do it. I'm not doing this. I'm not buying it. But clearly, we are in the minority. 
Right. And people are buying it. And especially during the holidays, I mean, it makes more sense even now. So it's sort of, I guess, would be expected, but I didn't even think that there was a limit as to how many of these Genie Plus slots there were. Makes I mean, sense, but I never thought we would see it. I never thought we would see what that limit was. It does make sense because fast passes would get distributed, right? Like you yeah. go up and they'd be like, we're done with fast pass for the day. Yeah. But that was you like know? a, uh, that, I mean, that was a time-based thing too, right? Cause it, you just have a certain amount of slots and you know, if you get the fast pass at nine in the morning and your fast pass was for like 1130 at night or whatever, right? Then it's like, okay, we're running, we're running low on the fast passes. Right. This is a whole different ball of wax. But it's weird. It is weird. And you would think why wouldn't wouldn't the capacity of the park be tied to all of the services that you offer? So if there are Mm. services that you literally can't offer because there's too many people, are you letting too many? Is your capacity set too high? It should be something Mm. that all of your options should be available. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, And you have park reservations so you can control this which is the whole thing. It's why yeah. we were told that we have to have them <laughs> yeah, right? So that the park experience is more enjoyable. And now we're going and we can't buy things and we can't do anything, and the, but it's, the, we're having it, to make reservations and it's because it's it can't so it's be more, more enjoyable. enjoyable. So right? I don't understand here. Yeah. It can be more enjoyable than the fact that you get to go, but it can only be so enjoyable. <laughs> this is more enjoyable <laughs> than sitting in your grandmother's living room. That's right. And I'm not even sure that it is. Well, that's true. My grandmother was very nice. Um, so all of this suggests that many park goers are willing to pay extra for the convenience of avoiding long lines. Despite this willingness to spend extra money, it appears that there is still somehow a limit to how much people are willing to pay. Individual lightning lane entry passes, which require an additional fee separate from Genie Plus, has not yet sold out for Radiator Springs and Rise of the Resistance, which are the two rides oh. with the longest wait times at the parks. This, this may indicate, yeah, it may indicate that some park goers are more selective about which rides they are willing to pay extra for. Now, why wouldn't you pay extra for the two largest rides in the Disneyland Resort? That doesn't make sense to me. The data is weird. Wait, so what are the, the oh, because who cares? First, they're non Disney IP. Yeah, I mean, t- not technically. I mean, you know. It's their purchases. Sure. Radiator Springs is Pixar. And what is it? The other thing, Star Wars. Yeah. This is, yeah. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't buy it anyway, but I wouldn't buy it. I mean, if I had never been on Rise of the Resistance, which I never have, and I was in the park and you couldn't do Genie Plus, I mean, it's a lightning link thing, so it doesn't really matter. But like, you know, if it was, if the wait time was just constantly like 120 minutes and I wanted to go on, I would consider buying it. Maybe. It depends on how what the price was. I wouldn't pay $30 for it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't go that high to ride the ride. I don't think any ride is worth $30. You're paying $30 a ticket to ride a ride. I don't think any ride is worth that. Any experience that I've ever had, like a VR thing, or it's not, it's not no, I'm not doing that. But I mean, I, I would sort of consider it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I don't to say. Either. I'm very know. confused by this. I just read this today. I'm very confused <laughs> about it because it, you need it, time to process. I really do. Because I don't understand why people who go to these parks are so obsessed with giving money hand over fist in ways that they never had to before in order to maximize some perceived amount of enjoyment 
that they used to get for free or it used to be just the experience but now you're so in my opinion it would be sort of marred by how much extra you're paying well this is included but this isn't it's sort of a little stressful i don't know it, it's weird to me i find it very strange that people are willing to um to sell out of the genie plus man wow that's wild to me i mean i think so i understand it's i think that people go back because they they had a good time once or maybe many times and they want to relive that and right. they'll do it at all costs because well we're here just let's just do it because we want to have that fun but i'm not sure that it ends up paying off in the end i like i've bought this thing like i've bought yeah Plus once or twice and i'm like what i just i never buy any of this i just go now i just go and lurk around and drink and then leave like it's just it's still i enjoy yeah. the other i enjoy the other things in the park that have that remain like the sight lines and the architecture i don't know but they're <laughs> few and far between these days i think it's a bubble i think it's an artificially inflated bubble from you know the pandemic and people are not this is not a sustainable business model for the company i don't think in five years we're going to be hearing about this i don't know why it's just a feeling i think i think people are gonna be worn out on it like i don't have to pay again because ultimately the prices of the parks are still going to go up i mean they go up every year chapek aside this is what happens so soon you're going to be seeing you know 145 dollars a ticket 150 bucks a ticket Plus the lightning lane stuff, plus the genie plus stuff. You know what I mean? Like, 150. There's days where it's 189 to get into the Magic Kingdom. There you go. I tend to agree with you that this mm -hmm. can't last forever. I don't think that it will go on that long. And I, because I think, I look, every every economist, and now they're saying like 80% say it's not even going to be a recession in 2020. It's going to be a severe recession. People's money isn't going as far. And here's another thing, and this is this came up the other day, is right now, annual pass holders at Disney World are getting 30% off merchandise. Wow. Now, that is unheard of. Cast members are getting 40. This is unheard of. Why would they be giving us this? The, the, if they're packed to the gills, why do they need an incentive for us to buy merchandise? And That's where the I money is. Nothing to base this on mm -hmm. other than my suspicion is you shouldn't have to give a discount. So I think they may have an inventory glut. And I think that the mm -hmm. reason is because people are foregoing souvenir purchases mm -hmm. because they're buying lightning lane and they're buying genie plus. And I think they're saying, okay, well, we're going to do this, but then we're not getting the plush. Sure. You know, I, I think I, they're I having to make those tough decisions. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's causing an inventory glut because you'll, you can always buy something later, but you're not going to be standing in front of guardians every day. <laughs> right. So I think people are making that decision. I think that they have a problem. So I think that there's an overall, they're taking in the same amount of cash. It's being shifted around. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think we're getting these discounts on merchandise right now. Mm. Interesting. Interesting point. Yeah. And it, that's it makes my a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I get it. I believe it. All right, Jerry, what do you got? Mm. The last story for the day, baby. Let's My go. next story. They were allegedly selling fake Disney merch for quite a while, and now they may be seeing Disney in a courtroom trial. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Jer. Disney has filed a lawsuit against a Florida-based online retailer, which is really just two, um, like a couple, accusing them of selling counterfeit Disney merchandise. Disney filed its suit Thursday, accusing what is called, quote, the secret Disney group and Ooh. Popsella Marketplace, 
both owned by defendants Christopher and Hannah Martin of Florida, of selling counterfeit Disney products based on Disney properties. So, you know, you've got a mask with Alice in Wonderland on it, Mickey Mouse, picture the castle. I mean, they're actual IP, not like. Oh, it's a Mickey Mouse insp- or an Epcot inspired mouse sure. ears. Yeah, right. This is right, like right. a mask with Mickey's face on it. God. They were selling items such as face masks, magnets, keychains, hair accessories, and fanny packs. The counterfeit products were sold at various websites the two owned, including popsella.com. This is pop S E L L A, by the oh, way. Oh, like, it's legitimate at that point. Popsella. Right. Popsella.com and secretdisneygroup.com. They are also accused of hawking this product on social media platforms as well, including TikTok, Instagram, Etsy, eBay, Facebook, and Amazon. So quite a reach. You know, they were making they, a grip of cash yeah. because that those they're expensive to advertise on those. Well, and I found their social media. Yeah. And they are quite the world travelers. Okay. They had a trip to Paris. Disney says, look, this is all out there. Their names are public, but they're fine. I'm not doing anything, right? Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah. Disney says they sent the couple multiple cease and desist letters in December 2021, but those requests were ignored. Wow. Though the couple is alleged to have then created other websites with subtle changes to continue selling the product so to sort of throw disney off the scent so then they came up with a website called sparklingdreamers.com and oddly another one called sparklingmembers.com <laughs> which i don't know it's like ai generated sounds weird yeah maybe they're trying to pivot into something else austin powers and sparkling <laughs> member you're right some of these websites are still up you can go to Popsella right now, and I think I gotta I do actually it. think Sparkling Members might be active right now. Sparklingmembers.com is still up and running, but nope. it seems they have Popsella is down. Popsella is down. Oh, well, the Facebook group Popsella is up, but you can go, oh. go to sparklingmembers.com. I believe that's up. I went to it today. Are it you trying to, like, are you trying to like troll me? If I hit enter on this, is something weird gonna <laughs> Ah, no, I should do. I wouldn't even know how to do something like that. So I'm on there right now. Wow. We offer rush processing for only additional $16 to skip all other orders placed. Wow. They are really taking a a cut out of Disney's jib. Can you imagine? So I'm looking at it right now. I mean, they're, they're mouse ears, but they don't look, they don't look like, uh, you know, any sort of they're just inspired stuff, right? It doesn't look like any sort of uh, IP. Yeah, I think they've taken down. Which is probably why this one's still up. Right. Wow, I think they've taken all the do- $60. These are expensive, dude. A Pirates themed headband, $61.99. What kind of price is that? Make it $59.99. $61? What is that? It's a terrible price point. No one, you, you should never use that price point. Yeah, it's absurd. 61 so they just they they have a spreadsheet they have a multiplier this cost them maybe a couple dollars more than the others and it just it went to that price and they go well that's cool yeah they're not very savvy but then also they're making a lot of money well they're not very savvy they're getting sued by a big company well they yeah were selling stuff the lawsuit further claims that the secret disney group used disney's trademark mickey mouse and castle designs to confuse customers and give the false impression that these products were sold with authorization from disney 
Wow. I love it. Disney is not playing around. They sent many cease and desist letters, and now they're filing a lawsuit. And Dude. there was an article I found that had some of the side-by-sides of their what the product they were selling, and it was straight up picture of the castle, straight up Mickey Mouse, straight up uh, Alice in Wonderland on these masks, on this product. It, it was really astounding and Quite. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm, now I'm on their social Took media. Some look at this, <laughs> this woman. Good lord, she looks like a caricature of a woman. What you found, Hannah Martin? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah, some of these are interesting. Yeah. Um. So the thing about that, like, if if they're taking the masks and if they're making them out of fabric with those with the IP on it, it's okay, apparently. But if they're printing the IP on the fabric themselves and selling it, then that's not okay. And they're gonna have to prove all of this in court that they're that you know they're doing it or not doing it or whatever. It's like if you took right. if you got like a bolt of cloth with Cinderella over it, you can you can cut that up and do whatever you want with it. Yes, you can. That's absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Wild, dude. That's wild it's to me. Wild. And to ignore cease and desist multiple from Disney, like what do you th- what are you thinking? That you're just gonna fly under the radar? But also you go out onto Etsy. And, you know, it's not even just, you know, people making headbands, which is super innocent and that's great, but it's literally people doing the same exact thing. You just type in the word Disney and there's literal IP that people are just making money off of. And it's like, I don't know why Disney doesn't do more of this kind of thing. So I wonder if this is going to be sort of the linchpin, right? Of like the focal point where here now we have precedent. We're going after everybody. We're shutting everybody down. Which they really it's, should be doing. It is interesting. And you have to wonder, how are these lines drawn? So, for example, I I went on um, Etsy and I bought, it's it's a painter, but I bought, he painted a scene. Well, a, it's not really an actual scene, but it's it's from Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's Bert and Mary in a canoe and he's sort of like punting and then the kids are flying a kite and there's a gazebo. It's a painting of that. It's like a landscape, but he painted it. Is yeah. that, I don't know. How does no, that work? Like, and does that's, that, fine. that's his different, right? That's his, his work. Interpretation. Yeah. Right. Right. So I don't, it is, it's just now if he's, if he's literally yeah. drawing Mickey mouse, I think that's different. Right. But yeah. No, this looks like it was, it's all uh, blurry. It looks like okay. he's got uh, like an oil painting or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's, what is it? Monet is Monet? That? Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Like that. Well, you know, I don't want to get too fine art with you, Jeremy, but, but, um, you know, it's hard to draw these lines. Like some people draw a picture of the Tiki room or the mm-hmm. sign sunshine tree terrace. Can you sell that? What can you, and can't you sell? I don't know. I, the, the way I look at it is if you didn't draw it, you should, you should, not be selling it. you know what i mean and, and the way i do it i, I right. figure out like uh the the tiki's in front of the tiki room that roly made that he just came up with he created these mm-hmm. and you can buy just ripoffs copies of them on etty you know everywhere these people didn't make these these are a roly design you're you're just selling someone else's design even though you you did the design you're not changing it in any way shape or form oh right wasn't that, someone to me, is selling illegal. the drummer Remember, we did a story on that. We Someone did, and, and it was it was a three D artist that he replicated it or something like that, and he changed it a little bit. 
And then he got mad because Disney found that file and then made it into a statue and then was selling his artwork. Oh, Even though right. it wasn't his artwork, it was really Rolly's artwork. So, right. so they didn't send a cease and desist, they just beat him in his own game. <laughs> yeah. And he was all hacked off about it. It's like, well, oh, you, you, didn't, you didn't design the, the character. And that's yeah. where, I, to me, that's where I draw the line. If you didn't design the thing, like our logo, you know, it's a castle. It's not the Disney castle. It's made of churros. It's not the same at all. That's fine. By the way, I kind of miss the old logo. Remember when it was like a sign with the flags? I liked yeah. that one. Well, yeah. maybe we can do like a high design version of that. I thought it was too simple. And also, I really, the main reason I changed is because people were, um, people were stealing my artwork and selling my shirts. So I was like, okay, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to make it my logo of my show and have even more mm-hmm. like, I mean, oh, I, I, I own see. the trademark or the copyright on it. Right. It's, you okay. know, I own the, I own the design. Um, and so you just send a DCMA and eventually you get through. But um, I just decided to make it a little more prominent. All right. Fine. Yeah. I just liked it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Wild, though. Jeez. Yeah. Good luck to Disney because I hope they get their money back from these people. A little bit. You know what? I hope they do, too. I mean, Disney yeah. doesn't need any more money, but like what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And like these people were, or it seems, were not doing things above board let's yeah because you it is sort of the wild west out there you can get away and fly under the radar like i said go to etsy and poke around there it's literally you can buy a shirt with mickey on it riding a skateboard or whatever you know what i mean that right. someone just make it's literally mickey mouse so you can sort of get away with it but uh i wonder what happened i wonder how they they got onto disney's radar it doesn't happen by accident you know, because if Disney wants to go after people, you can just sit down at a computer in 10 minutes. You can have enough lawsuits for a year. There's so much stuff out there. So I wonder, I wonder if there was really like confusion in the marketplace or, you know what I mean? If, if a customer tried to, I don't know, return something or, you know, whatever, oh, some, right. something like that. Because I think that would sort of bump you up in the priority list of who to go after if you're, if you're taking Disney's, you know, dollars and people well, think it's from Disney. Are there items that are so closely being sold in Disney, like in the Could parks be. that are like almost identical? And it's like, like, you know, you guys made coveyors, right? Like, yeah, they don't do that. But no, and they should, though. They should. But if they, you know, like they were selling literally masks. Well, the parks have been selling masks. Right. And well, if you just put, it's just very, it was, it seemed clearly they know where the this is the thing this wasn't an accident they know where the line is because oh, now yeah. their website's clean their website right. has stuff that's clearly just interpreted they yep. know so they know where the lines are because they drew it they just went they did it they, they did it on it. purpose yeah absolutely yeah, no so well and you know we we tried to get a booth a couple years ago at d23 when we were really pushing covers hard and yeah. um but you can still buy on uh, etsy.com slash shop slash coveyers can you really oh yeah i still sell them i mean they're up for sale. Nobody buys them, but they're up for sale mainly to protect my patent on them. But anyways, got it. We never got into D23 because the, um, the, the, my contact lady who I was emailing with, she goes, uh, well, I'll send it up the chain and we'll see. We have to run every, every application by our group of lawyers. Sure. That's fine. Whatever. We're legal. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, like I had a really cute video done and then I was like, oh no, it's shot at the park. You're not supposed to do that. So I was talking to my other friend. He goes, you need to scrub every photo that you've ever taken at Disneyland with coveyers. You need to take them off the website, take them all down because Disney does not, you're, it's literally against 
the rule, the terms of service or whatever. Like the fine print on your ticket, you cannot take pictures in the park and use them for publicity for your product. So I'm like, okay, I will, uh, I'll do that. Anyway, she got back to me. She goes, I've never seen four lawyers tell me no so quickly <laughs> with, with regards to cover. Oh, wow. She said, because you are, the product is uh, directly limiting the amount of hats people would buy. Right. People wouldn't buy as much hats. They would just buy this product. And I said, well, I mean, no, but sort of. She goes, yeah, so that's, that's why. So, yes, it's once, you, once you interfere with their money, they don't want anything to do with you. Hmm. Understandable, I guess. But yeah. Anyway, Jeremy, have you ever visited Disneyland and thought, gee, I wish I could spend even more money here? <laughs> well, now you can. <laughs> For a cool $185, you can indulge in the latest offering at the Grand Californian Hotel and Spa's pop-up holiday cart, the Waffle Shot. Have you heard about the Waffle Shot, Jeremy? No. What is that? Uh, well, it's a, it's a pop-up <laughs> holiday cart that happens every year, and it's, um, it's filled with your choice of liqueurs, right? So in the okay. past, this has included chocolate chip cookies baked in the shape of a shot glass or red velvet cookies. You know, it's in the shape of a shot glass, right? But this year's version is a waffle shot. So it's not a cookie. It's a, a waffle cone, basically, made with a wafer cone-like texture and lined with chocolate. And you can order it with milk or eggnog or with one of 11 different liquors. Most of these options will set you back 17 bucks, but there's one that's a bit more exclusive. Uh-huh. On the price, you simply it's simply labeled as inquire. And so when you ask, the liquor is none other than Remy Martin Louis VIII Grand Champagne Cognac. Okay. The I don't even know what that is. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the special liqueur is uh you know, pricey. The stuff is the real deal with a price tag to match. A bottle of Louis VIII, uh, actually, it's not Louis VIII, you dummy, it's the Louis the 13th, 14th, whatever. Uh, I, can't, I can't see how many lines there are. <laughs> it's like, there's three, I think. Typically sells for about $4,000 a bottle. And a standard 1.5 ounce pour can go for about $500 at some trendy restaurants in L.A. So when you consider that the waffle shot filled with this top-notch cognac is only $185, it does sort of start to feel like a pretty good deal. Mm. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's it. That's the thing. So if you're still in the parks and you have extra, extra money to spend and you want to try what uh, the Remy Martin Louis the you know 14th Grand Champagne Cognac tastes like with uh, rimmed with chocolate, you can go head over to the uh, whatever I said it was pop-up bar check it out it actually doesn't sound that good to me it it doesn't i mean that's not my kind of drink i'm not a giant cognac head anyway i haven't really had too much of it but i i don't want to shoot it you know I, if it's that pricey you you want to sip it and if it's in a chocolate lined glass made of waffle cone you're not gonna you're it's you're contaminating it that's a that's a thing for like cheap liquor Right. You have to put more stuff in the cheap liquor. Yes. That's yeah, it's like, weird, um, I stopped ordering dirty martinis with nice vodka because like, oh, you're yeah, filling no, it with dude. olive juice. 
nice spirits aren't really for mixing in my opinion you know you right. you you have your you have your your threshold yeah and and that's it like i would yeah. never get i would never get a drink like mixed like a mixed drink with like blanton's or like you oh know, my god no or whatever right yeah no you wouldn't do it no you so never... like that's why bullet is good for that and that's kind of you know maybe that's uh, the most I right, you don't expect. want it to be the worst either, because then it could detract from your enjoyment. But right. you don't want to ruin no a bland. Oh my god, blends! Forget it. Uh, yeah, so I started using Svedka for my dirty Martys, and honestly, you don't notice the difference because you're really just drinking olive juice, right? And Svedka. That sounds weird, dude. Svedka. Yeah, I don't know. It's like this. It's, I've got this bottle in my freezer this big, and it's like sixteen dollars. Yeah, that's all you need, Fantastic. man. Fantastic. God, it's all you need. It's great. Um, last thing I just want to mention real fast, a little crumb of news. We talked last show about how Avatar needs to make $2 billion. Yes, it's on its way there. It is on its way there. I didn't think <laughs> it would happen this quickly. No. Uh, apparently, in f- within 14 days, it has crossed the $1 billion global box office mark. 14 days, making a new record for a film in 2022. And uh, that's it. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's trailing only two days behind 2021 Spider-Man No Way Home, which was the fastest growing film of last year. Yeah, I mean, it's doing it's doing very well. Yeah. It's so weird, though. Like, I would find articles and you could find articles. Literally, some they would tell you the same information. Some articles would characterize it as a wild success mm-hmm. in the headline. They'd be like, oh, my God, you know, Avatar, super successful, blah, blah, blah. You could find another article with a, that would say disappointing figures for yes. for Avatar, and they would quote the same gross <laughs> over that first weekend. And I was yeah. like, "How are they saying?" Like, I would read it and think, "Oh, this," because I love reading. I like I love reading bad reviews of movies. Like, it's oh, just yeah, funny sure. when they like tear it apart. It makes me yeah. laugh. So I was like, "Oh, let's see. It's doing bad." But then I would read it. And I'm like, I don't think this sounds so bad. <laughs> like it sounds yeah, like I it's think doing well. The first three or four days, people were like, oh, I don't know. It didn't do as well as it was supposed to do, or people thought it was going to. And I think that's where you get a lot of that the track from. And then yeah. And then it caught up and people well, really and started going for it. Apparently, what's unique about this film or this movie, whatever, I know you have you get your aunts in pants about the word um, film. This is a film. No. It's a movie. Okay. So what's unique about this movie is that yeah. it's fall off. You know, they open yes. at this point and then they drop 30% or whatever. It's fall off has been very shallow. Okay. So it hasn't been, it's, it's, it's maintaining a high velocity of, of, of movie goers. Whereas yeah. other movies, you know, they sort of really tank the second week or whatever. This is staying high and that's how it's done it. I read yeah. that. <laughs> I've read that. Yeah, I'm. My, I didn't just make that up. I'm curious of what it's going to be um, next month, next week. Like, how fast is it going to get to two billion dollars? Is it still going to take 14 days? Probably not. It'll probably you know plateau a little bit or taper off a little bit. But I, you know what I mean. I wonder if it's like, oh, we saw it now, because that's my theory on like Star Wars movies and stuff. Everyone's going to see a Star Wars movie. If you're a Star Wars fan, even light Star Wars fan, you're going to watch the new movie. You might not like it. You might not watch it again. But you're at least going to give it a shot. And so I feel like that's what Avatar 2 is. But I wonder if that track is still going to keep spinning or not. 
you know, it may because I think word of mouth is really good on the on this movie. Yeah, because like uh, I, I figured it would make a billion dollars. I mean, I think everybody oh, knew sure. that, but yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see when it hits half a billion and a half. I've heard people say, yeah, it's long. Sure. But I've heard that, you know, I was with, I was talking to Brad and he's like, I loved it. There, there's never a minute that doesn't have action. It just moves fast. Like, yeah, it's three hours, but he was like, it's the greatest movie. Three hours. God. It's three hours. And he gave, did you see all the news this week? Is he goes like cut down? Cause I guess he's feeling guilty about gun violence. Oh, yes. So right. James Cameron came out and he was like, I edited out a ton of gun violence. It's like you edited out a ton of anything of this and it's still three hours. Good Lord. It was like 11 minutes. I thought I read or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. But boy, I don't know how much else editing other editing he did. Cause it's a also, long I hate, movie. I hate it when directors do that. It's like what? seeing blue people shoot at each other. Isn't a cause for gun violence. <laughs> Just, you made the right. movie for 11 years. This scene has been in this movie. You've been writing. You shot it yes. for God knows how many years. And then now, suddenly, after it's all done and people have seen it, you decide, oh, now I don't want to glorify gun violence. Where were you the last 11 years, bro? What's going on? Wait, are you saying that he, should, he shouldn't have edited it out? Or yeah. that- no, he shouldn't have edited it out. It's in the movie. He sat with the movie. He made the movie. He shot the movie. He cut the movie. He edited the movie. He promoted the movie. With the gun scenes in there, he should have kept him in there. Well, but they edit everything. I mean, everything gets, they shoot, they always shoot a ton of stuff. Maybe he just felt like it wasn't furthering the story. Was it edited post release or pre? That's my assumption is that like, oh, I think pre release. Oh, I think then he came out and said, that's fine, I guess. How all this, you know, I mean, yeah, that's my understanding. I could be wrong, but that's maybe it's a performative thing where he's saying it's because of gun violence, but it really just sucked. Like the scene just sucked, and he's like, "Oh, maybe I'm violence. wrong." But did they yeah, do? Would they do an edit now? That's what I thought. I don't know anymore. Look what See, Lucas we don't has know. done. This is the problem. Right. We listen to half the story. We don't know what the hell's going on. And we're done. We talk about it. I'll cut all this out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, you won't. You will not. How dare you! Uh, all right, everybody, we're gonna get out of here. The last in depth for 2022, Jer. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, if you want to support the show and everything we're doing over on 2023, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/EarsUp, and that's the best way to keep us going. We have uh, a brand new show coming out on the network that I'll tell you about next year. We also have two additional pieces of content coming to Patreon supporters at the five dollar level and up. And you know, actually, maybe I'll make one of them just the two dollar level too. Yeah, we'll see. So we're gonna have three shows on Patreon. You get an ad-free RSS feed if you're a Patreon subscriber as well. And we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff happening this next year. So, uh, you know, come be a part of it. Patreon.com slash ears up. Thank you very much for supporting the show, everybody. Jeremy, have a fantastic, safe, and blessed New Year's celebration. What's going on on SpectroRadio.us? You're doing something. Forget everything you ever knew. It's going to be so great. I do it every year. It's the same thing. I celebrate the new year with the time of the park that it's happening. So tomorrow morning, tune into <laughs> Spectra Radio 10 a.m. because that's when Tokyo Disneyland will be hitting New Year's 10 a.m. Eastern. So obviously, what is that? 7 a.m. Pacific? Sure, man. So 10 a.m. Eastern or 7 a.m. With, yeah. to- with audio from Tokyo Disneyland's New Year's from years past. We've got I've got Tokyo Disneyland's New Year's 1999 into 2000. We've got their New Year Parade. 
Then I've got a special. Do you want to hear the whole thing? I'm going to give you the whole thing. Two, yeah. three the hour thing, New Year's Eve special total Epcot show with all sorts of stuff. Spaceship Earth, Tapestry of Nations, the old 1993 countdown. I've got it all coming at you. Then I've got a special play of 1966 New Year's Eve from Disneyland. I think that's wow. playing at 4 o'clock in the afternoon just for fun because not everyone can stay up till 3 a.m. Sure. So this is hosted by Roger Carroll. Uh, you've got live music all from Disneyland 1966. I play that every year. 6 p.m. rolls around midnight Disneyland Paris time. Tune in. Uh, and then I've got, you know, I've got the countdown from Paris. I've got the Paris parade. I've got all that. Then we work our way in. I've got an extended illuminations hour because of course the best New Year's Eve celebration ever was the millennium celebration at Epcot. So I've got a tribute to that and then tune in 11:40 p.m. A special edition of illuminations reflections of earth with the new year's eve countdown hitting it at midnight <laughs> and then stay tuned for more great oh new year's eve music all the way till 3 a.m and if i'm back here by then at night which i think i will be because all the disney bars close at like one yeah. i'll be back here and i will probably be live broadcasting at 3 a.m when 3 a.m eastern when oh, disneyland hits its new year can't wait. Now I'm thinking next year I got to do Alani. What what time is theirs? Um, I, they're earlier in the day. So but I think it, now it's like two o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. So that would mean, are they three hours behind you? I think they're like five. Maybe three. I don't know, but they're behind us. It's yeah. like January 8th before they get their new year. Yeah. They're, they haven't <laughs> even done Halloween yet. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we got yeah. time for them. Yeah, we got time. So that's what's happening. Spectroradio.us. Love uh, it. Sounds great. And now you can listen to Spectra Radio on your smart TV. Oh my God! You got you're, you're just more more you download, surprises. If you have Apple TV, Amazon Fire, you can download the Live 365 app and listen to it right on your TV, baby. I love it. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. Until next time, we'll see you. <laughs>